0: All right, if you have a Bible this morning, I'm turning to the Gospel of John. Very nice to see each and every one and to be sharing with you this good weather. Happy, happy, happy. All right, John's account of the Gospel, chapter 7. And if you would look at verse 37, John chapter 7 and verse 37. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should or ought to receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given. Because of Jesus was not yet glorified. Everybody said, Praise the, Praise the Lord. Pay attention with me this morning, particularly on he that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said. And then I'm going to turn to the book of Revelation, to the very last chapter. Revelation chapter 22, beginning with verse 12, And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Verse 14 in particular, Blessed are they that do... His commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. Everybody said praise the Lord. Lord. He that believeth on me as the scripture has said, and blessed are they that do his commandments. I'd like to minister for a little while this morning on because I believe, therefore I do. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. Because I believe, therefore, I do. Sometimes we find ourselves the brunt of criticism in this world in which we live, mostly because as the Apostle Paul coughed up, told somebody the other day, said they had a hiccup. And I said, well, it sounds complicated enough that you might have a hiccup and a cough. So. So anyway, uh, things got to the place to where uh, it kind of coughed up and, and uh, we have situations where, as I said, the Apostle Paul coughed it up and he said that he was the chiefest of sinners and it was because he did things, but he did them ignorantly in an unbelief. A lot of things can be chalked off or chalked up to Ignorance, a lack of knowledge, and unbelief, which is the root of all sin, and at the bottom of it all. So that's two things that uh, kind of have a way of messing things up for people, like roadblocks, getting in the way, tripping them up. And uh, we are most fortunate when we come to a place in God, and we get the roadblocks out of the way. It just seems like the Holy Ghost just slaps them out of the way. There were those that in this time when Jesus, in the days of his flesh, God had manifest himself or shown clearly himself in the flesh. The invisible showed himself visibly. And the thing that you want to understand is that there's one God. He is a spirit. Therefore, he is invisible. But he chose, or as my pastor would say, he chose to show himself in the flesh. He chose to show himself visibly. God was manifest in the flesh. The word, was, the word that was God was made f- flesh and dwelt among us, among humankind for, a, albeit a short period of time, but a powerful period of time. And there were, when Joseph, as was supposed, they thought, you watch the ignorance because there's a lot of things that people thought that they got wrong. They were fussing over. He couldn't be the Christ because you're supposed to come from Bethlehem. You're supposed to be the son of David. and on And on and on they went. And it was their lack of knowledge that he was born in Bethlehem and that he was not only the son of David by lineage, but he was the root of David by deity. And so, wow. Uh, And other such things. And the Bible teaches in this seventh chapter of the book of John, his account, that they told him, they being his brethren, they being his brothers, according to the flesh, kind of, because Joseph wasn't his father now, was he? They just supposed that he was. They thought he was the son of Joseph and uh, the son of Mary. Well, he was the son of Mary. They got that part of the equation right. But they did not know who his father was. And he kept telling them over and over and over again. But they weren't believing him now, were they? They couldn't grasp the truth of it. They couldn't see past the blockage, the roadblock. In a in, uh, medical field, might say that they, they had an occlusion. They had a blockage in a vein in their eye, and they, they couldn't see out of that eye. Well, in their case, it might have been both eyes. I don't know. But they sure weren't seeing it. And he kept doing things and saying things and explaining things, and they weren't believing him. And uh, consequently, they wanted to kill him. They went about to kill him, they wanted to put him out of business. You know, that never settles anything. That doesn't help anything, have that kind of murmuring, complaining. Hateful, murderous attitude? What was that going to solve? And had the devil known what kind of power and glory would have been unleashed and was unleashed, it certainly rained on his parade, didn't it? Well, had they known, they never would have done what they did. Well, surely that's true too, isn't it? That, that, that's hindsight for you. Hindsight's always twenty-twenty. But hindsight is just that. It's after the fact. It's looking back. Oh, if I had that to do over again. Oh, but you're not going to get to do it over again. What's past is past. And the milk that's spilt, it's spilt. That's it. In this case, we're not talking about milk. We're talking about the blood of God. Amen. We're talking about something far more serious. Amen. So they got their, their facts all kinds of skewered and all kinds of mixed up. They were just in a mess. And consequently, they were making wrong decisions because their intel was wrong. Their 411 was wrong. And they were making their decisions off of wrong information. And so therefore, their decision-making faculty was all messed up. And they cried out that day. They spoke to him really kind of cunningly. And they said, Why don't you come up to the feast? It's a great day, the feast. Come on up. Let's go up. You need to, you know, if you're who you say you are, you're all that. You should show yourself. You should show yourself. Now, you know, this was his brothers. He grew up with them. Maybe they wrestled around the house. Maybe they played tic tac toe in the dust. Maybe they played a little, their brand of football, which is soccer. And maybe they all took turns doing chores around the house and working with Joseph, who was a carpenter by trade. And that's where people messed it up. They said, Isn't this the carpenter's son? Well, he helped the carpenter, but he wasn't his son. Wasn't his son at all. He was the son of God, according to the flesh. But according to the spirit, he was God. He was God. He was, word was God, was made flesh. In him dwelled the fullness of the very God bodily. Oh, yeah. So there was a lot of things they just didn't have the insight on, they didn't have the revelation. And because they were not seeing it correctly, they were making all kinds of mistakes. But I think it had to particularly hurt. And you know, the Bible did say that Jesus was a, if you remove the double negative in English, get rid of the knots, then you, you get the meaning when he said that he's a high priest that can be touched with the feelings of our weaknesses. Our misinformations, or mistakes, he can be touched because he was here. He was a partaker, even to the point he partook of death. And so, it had to particularly, my point being that he can hurt when they whipped him with a count of angels. It hurt when 600 men were spitting on him, hawking it up. I don't know if they had Copenhagen in their day. I don't know what they chewed. Uh, but, friend, they spit on him. And they blindfolded him and they smote him and mocked him, made fun of him, ridiculed him. derided him. And uh, it had not particularly hurt when it was his own brothers, according to the flesh shall we say, according to the family of Joseph and Mary. And he was keenly aware that he was different. Now, he wasn't the son of Joseph. His blood did not come. The blood comes from the father, but his blood didn't come from Joseph, because Joseph wasn't his father. His blood came from God. And uh, God was his father, flesh talking. And so they said, you know, go up and show yourself. Show yourself to the world. But the Bible said that he didn't do it because he told them, at least at that moment. He told them that his time had not yet come because he knew he wouldn't even walk among the Jewish people anymore because they sought to kill him. And so he wasn't walking among them. He wasn't mixing and mingling with them and teaching them as he had been because they were, they were ramped up. There was so much confusion and so much talk that they weren't about to kill him. And so Jesus, he didn't go around them very much. He just decided to keep his distance and he was looking for people who would believe him, people who would love him. That's kind of a natural thing to do. Sometimes you don't go some places because not feeling the love. <laughs> so uh, Jesus wasn't hanging out among certain people right about that time because they were, they were out to kill him, and it wasn't the time. It wasn't the right time. They wanted to take him out, but they couldn't because it wasn't the time. The Spirit wasn't ready for that to take place yet. Things had not yet been fulfilled along certain lines. I, um, my pastor believed in this book, in the Word of God. And a man one day was so mad with him, so violently, crazily mad at him, that he stuck a gun in his stomach. My pastor said, go ahead. He said, you can't kill me. He said, God's not done with me yet. Well, Jesus knew that his time wasn't yet. and He made that clear. But then, the Bible teaches, after the brethren left, after his brothers left, and they went up to do what they wanted to do, I guess it was a bit of a party time, up there at the feast, then Jesus picked his moment, his time, and he decided to go up there quietly, low-key, under the radar. He slipped in there among them. Now, I know you would think that's kind of crazy, but you better remember something. The traitor had to point him out, basically. Now, I never did read where he actually kissed Jesus. But I did read where Jesus said, betrayest thou the Son of Man with a kiss? He approached, and he had told them, the soldiers, different ones, they didn't know who he was. They didn't know which one among the crowd. It tells me he wasn't too tall, and he wasn't Zacchaeus short. He was probably pretty just outwardly physical, pretty ordinary. He just kind of blended in. The Bible said there was no beauty. You know, you see all the, God bless the artists, but you know, You see all these artist's renditions. The Spirit never allowed there to be an actual photograph or picture of the man Christ Jesus. But the Bible tells us that when you saw him, there was no beauty that you would desire him. It was not built around physical. There were no Hollywood looks going on here. There was no airbrushing going on around here. Not at all. Wasn't going to be built around physical things. It's going to be built around the spirit. You must be born again. Not going to be built around money. Not going to be built around possessions. For a man's life, Jesus said, consisteth not. It consists not of the abundance of the things which he or she possesses. Not at all. Not into covetousness. Not supposed to be. And because I believe that, then I do that. I fight covetousness. I don't want that in my life. Because I believe. Because I believe, I do. Nobody makes me. Nobody, look, my arms are Nobody twisted my arm. I don't have any bad concussions or marks on my head. Nobody's been beating me over the head with a hammer or a sledgehammer or something. It's because I believe that I do what I do. And I base my doing on the book. Because I believe I repent. Because the word said except I repent, I will perish. The Bible teaches me that I am to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of all of my sins, a full pardon. So I got baptized because I believe. Believing makes me do, inspires me to do motivates me to do the things that I do. One man, I think he's dead now. He had a horrible case of, uh, I think it was multiple sclerosis or some related. and uh, But he baptized in Jesus' name. Had the gift of the Holy Ghost, called to preach and did, pastored, married, children. I believe he wrote a book, was interviewed by different interviewers of this world. name of his book was, You Gotta Have the Want To. Well, believing gives us the want to. It motivates you. You get up out of the seat of procrastination one of these days. I got people in this town have been telling me for 40 years, preacher, I'm coming to church, I'm coming to church. Well, when they get here, I might already be gone at the rate they're going. the Chances are they're not going to make it because they're always on the creek bank fishing or canal bank fishing. They got time to do that. They got motivation to do that. I guess because they believe the fish are running. And they get very motivated. They get that cane pull out. Or that rod and reel. And that bait. Oh, and they find time. Yes, they do. Not against it. Just telling you. They, they believe they're going to catch fish, so therefore they're doing it. They're out there. But they're not here. They're not here. I believe the Word of God. I believe the chapter and verse, the subject matter, the teachings, of the church, because about 120 believed, as he cried out on that day of the feast, to even his kinfolk as well as everybody else. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture has said, will get the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost that you must get, you ought to get, you must needs get. If you're going to make heaven, if you're going to spend all eternity with me, it starts with you repenting, believing and repenting, believing and getting baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ, believing and receiving what he said out of your belly or your innermost being, deep inside your innermost being, your emotions, that part of you where he sends forth his Spirit, his Holy Spirit, into a believing heart. And you begin to, because he begins to, you begin to speak in another language as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. Gives you the ability to do so. If you go and take a class or go on a computer and take a computer course on some language. Then you can be taught naturally. I meet lots of people, and I get taught naturally how to say things in their native language. You know, sometimes it, I forget real quick. I don't quite grasp it. But if I give myself to it and repeat, sometimes I write it down, have them write it down, and I'll just keep on until I get it, you know? And I've illustrated that for you many times, so I will not belabor the point, and it doesn't take long because it's so short, right? Anyway, <laughs> not a whole lot there that I've got to grasp on, but uh, there's a few, few words here and there, a few phrases, a few sentences here and there in different languages that's taught naturally. So it's my tongue speaking by a natural language that I learned. But when we get the Holy Ghost, the teacher is gone. The talker is gone. He takes control of the most unruly part of our body, which would be the tongue. Oh, hey, by the way, because I believe, therefore, I do refrain my tongue from gossip because I believe the word of God. I want God to put an angel at the door of my lips that the words of my mouth could be acceptable in his sight, that the meditation of my heart might also be acceptable in his sight. Oh yeah, everybody said praise the Lord. Let's give God a big hand. Come on now. Why? Why do I do what I do? Why do we do what we do? Why do we live like we live? Because we believe. That's why. We believe this word of God. That's why 120 made it to the upper room and got baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire. They believed on him. And like the woman got told of the well, if you knew who you were talking to, if you knew who where you were, you would ask and you would receive. And you'd never thirst again. Yeah. You could stick with this. And it'll stick with you. So I believe, therefore I do. This, this causes me to spring into action. This causes me to get up and get with it. This causes me to obey what his word says. I want to obey the word of God. As it is, makes it plenty clear in the scripture, he that believeth, if you're believing, then you're going to follow what the believing is pointing you to. You're not going to ignore it. You're not going to fight it. I spent about 20 years doing that, whether consciously or unconsciously. Spirits directing me in all kinds of wrong directions, getting me to participate in all kinds of wrong things, getting inspiring my mind to think contrary. But because I believe, therefore, I cooperate. Everybody said amen. amen. Because I believe, I cooperate. I don't fight. I don't resist. I cooperate. I work with. Isn't that what Jesus was saying? He that not believe it. Yeah. You're going to get something. To it's coming your way. You're not going to thirst anymore. Gonna, going to do something for you it came down to the very last book of the whole entire Bible and the very last chapter the writer said blessed are they that do you know if I'm claiming to believe and I don't do or I do contrary I'm telling on myself I'm telling on myself if I say I believe I believe I believe and I don't get baptized in Jesus' name, then I'm I'm convicting myself out of my own mouth and words. I'm showing. You know, Jesus said, he that believeth on me, yes. And he said, look, if you'll dig deep and build this foundation on the rock, He said, then I'll show who you like to. And he said, like to a a house that's built on a rock, and you're hearing my sayings, and you're doing them. If you're hearing and you're doing, if you're believing and you're going to be doing, then he said, you're going to be like somebody that built a house on the rock, dug deep, not shallow. You got to watch that in Belgrade because our beautiful black soil it oxidizes. Simple way to say that, it disappears. It's almost like it disappears into thin air. I know you've probably seen what looks like little twisters and uh, little tornadoes out there. Some days going along the road and that it's, so, it's become so fine and so dry and powdery. I came in the other day, and I thought that they were burning off a field, and it wasn't. It was, it was dust. It was muck dust just being stirred up by the wind. And uh, that's why around your house, all of a sudden, your foundation is showing, your grade beam is showing, because the muck has disappeared. It has oxidized. It has disappeared. And uh, so it, we call it fallen away. And you know, in spiritual language, we don't like that falling away stuff now, do we? We don't want to fall away from the truth. Everybody said amen. amen. I believe, therefore, I don't fall away. I remain. I do be firm and fixed to the things of God because I believe. I do the word of God. I do obey the Word of God. I do love the Word of God. Because I believe. These are signs of my believing. These are signals that I'm believing. A sign of receiving the Holy Ghost, initial, is speaking with other tongues or languages as the Spirit of God gives you the ability to do so. That's a sign. It's a token. Could even use a synonymous term, evidence. evidence. Initial. Not the only evidence, now is it? That's the initial evidence. That's what the Bible said. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues or languages as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. And people were amazed because they said, How hear we, every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? And the people doing the talking, they're all Galilee. They're all local people. How's that happening? I'm from way over yonder. I'm one of the 17-plus nations that happen to be listed here. How is it that they can speak that language? You know? I don't know. Maybe maybe Brother Milo will speak in uh, Creole one of these days when he gets the Holy Ghost renewed, huh? Because you know what Arnold tells him. Arnold tells him, you're not Haitian. His, his, he says his Creole is so bad, he says, you're not Haitian. He says, you're fake. <laughs> so I guess his language, his, his language skills aren't good enough, I guess, for Arnold. What can I say? Um, I'm not going to criticize because, you know, I haven't got much Creole under my belt at all, or in my mind, in other words. <laughs> But they were astonished and they marveled and they were amazed. And of course, the ignorance comes up. The ignorance comes up. The unbelief comes up and the criticism because then they started saying, Well, they're drunk. They're drunk. But the Holy Ghost spoke through the preacher. You know, Jesus made it clear that there was a lot of hatred that came his way because he was the preacher. He testified, he preached. And so he became the focal point because he's the one that had to say, this isn't right and you're not doing this right and this is the wrong way and this is how you should be doing it. And so that, you you got you, you know what they say, Mary, if you can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen, right? <laughs> That's the old saying, at least that I remember when I was growing up. So you just got to tell yourself, it comes with the territory. Everybody said amen? I had a rather... Unique experience this morning. I was here early praying, and it was getting light. And uh, uh, it was just me and the Lord, as far as I knew, and I had locked the door. And, and uh, man, I started hearing something. And I thought, okay, maybe it's windy out and the tree is hitting the side. That happens sometimes. And it didn't sound like that, but I gave it the benefit of the doubt, and I just ignored it and kept praying. Here it comes again. And I said, my goodness, what? Then I started saying somebody came in, and because uh, it was, as I said, getting light. It was getting a little later, and, and I thought, well, maybe, maybe somebody got here early. And I kind of went out in the lobby, and I'm looking, and then I heard the noise again. And I'm looking, I don't see anybody, and I, and I hear the noise again. And I'm like, what in the world? And I, I was stepped over. It drew my attention. I stepped over to the door, the locked door. And bam, I hear it again. And so I kind of peek out a little bit to the left, and it was a bird, a blue jay. He's a pretty good-sized blue jay. He wasn't a little sparrow, you know, bigger than a sparrow. But he wasn't as big as a hawk, certainly not a buzzard. But he, he was flying into that plate glass window. And his beak was open. He was just bam, hitting that thing. Clapping those wings over and over and over again. And I'm standing there, you know, looking. So, by proportion, you know, he's pretty small and I'm looking pretty big. And you know. I didn't knock the window, I didn't open the door. I, didn't, I just looked, I just observed. And I thought, you know, Paul said that he was, he labeled himself the chiefest of sinners because the things he did, even held the raiment, he facilitated people killing people. Criticizing, killing, throwing rocks at, persecuting, Jesus said. He said, You're persecuting me. You're fighting me. Wow. And uh, he held the, the garment while they picked up their rocks and did those things. He had letters, he had all kinds of things that he was putting his fingers and hands to to make trouble and trying to just disrupt. And uh, so he labeled himself the chiefest of sinners. He said he even compelled people to speak blasphemously or offensively, negatively, hatefully. And, and he, he called himself the chiefest of sinners. He said, but I did it ignorantly in an unbelief, as I mentioned to you earlier this morning. A whole mountain of ignorance a whole bunch of confusion, mixed up thoughts and ideas going on in that heart. and a whole lot of unbelief, just not believing how God does things. Just taking opposition, an oppositional stance. And uh, But when the goodness, and the grace of God appeared unto Saul of Tarsha, who became the apostle. Think about what you could become. You start believing. You get rid of the unbelief. He that believeth, Jesus said. He that believeth. Because I believe, I do. My actions are based on my believing. I'm believing in the faith that was once and by subject matter for all delivered unto the saints. You can't be born again again. Hebrews chapter 6. You can get yourself in a place where it's impossible to renew unto repentance. Paul said he was a chief I did it, ignorantly and unbelievable well that didn't ex- exactly excuse Paul, who became Paul didn't exactly ex- excuse him, but he was trying to explain that he thought he was doing good, he thought he was doing right. I guess whatever that bird was thinking, pounding into that plate glass window this morning, he must have thought he was doing good and doing right, and I'm looking at him like, Well, you one more dumb bird <laughs> You ain't gonna get, you're just going to get a, a broken beak and a, and a sore head, a headache. Yeah. What is it written? Lest happily, one wise man said, you be careful what you do concerning the church, the leadership. He said, because lest haply you be found to fight against God. Admonition, a warning. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful. I tell you, we're for you. We're not against you. We're for you. We would, as Jesus, have all men to be saved. We want everybody to get that change of attitude to replace unbelief with belief. To replace ignorance, which is a lack of knowledge, with knowledge. Because I believe, I acknowledge Him. He is God. I acknowledge his church. It is the corporate body of Christ. And it is finishing up its great commission of going into all the world and preaching the gospel, which is going to make it a focal point, a target, the Bible said, hated of all men in all nations for his name's sake. Because the church testifies. Because the church, the church goes about every day throughout a community and on a job. Grocery stores, Walmart, BJ's, wherever shoe stores and clothing stores and people see you every day you bear the light set upon a hill cannot be hid how you look how you speak how your conduct is your behavior is you know all of that people zero in on some people get mad about it. Some people get upset. Some people get convicted. I was with St. Feld, and we had a lot of stuff to do yesterday for the church, and when we were about doing it, all of a sudden a lady came in. Nothing about that lady that would say anything to you, testify anything to you about salvation, and uh, accept that maybe in need of it. And uh, she started saying things out loud trying to convince, I guess I look like a preacher, trying to convince, I guess my wife looks like a preacher's wife, trying to send a little message our way. Jesus loves me. Out of the blue, just walked in there. And I could have easily said, yes, he does. <laughs> he loves everybody. <laughs> he loves you so much he'd like you to start believing. <laughs> But nonetheless, and, uh, you know, a couple other comments like that went on. People react to the light, not always positively, but usually in some way, shape, or form, they're going to react. Jesus said, the world hates me because I testify of it. He said, I testify of it. Everything about a Holy Ghost person is designed to elicit some kind of reaction, hopefully a positive, believing reaction is what we're really going for. That's what we're shooting for, you know. We'd really like them to see our, you know, I, I go to uh, the DMV sometimes, and it's, um, oh, Pete's got some characters working down there for him, I'll tell you. But it's always nice to see Pete come out of the office. And, uh, and of course, I have, to, I have to tell myself to say Patrick. I don't see that face when I say Patrick. <laughs> but I have to kind of work with that. And uh, it's kind of like Patrick's name is Alan. When you say Alan, that don't register with me at all. <laughs> Alan, come here. That just doesn't work. Doesn't work. Don't think of that. So I'm saying, though, but you know, to see that clean, shiny, light face just coming at you, that good personality, that reaches out and just begins to envelop you and makes you— could, imagine being feeling pretty good about being at the DMV. That's really something, isn't it? <laughs> it's kind of like all you think about there is long lines. Got to pay money. <laughs> can't wait to get out of here. Right? right? That's more, more like way what's going through your mind. Like a lady yesterday, I, we had to pick up some stuff and my wife said, you want me to go in with you? I said, no, you sit in the truck and relax. I'll, I'll take care of it. It's okay. So I go in. I had to get a shovel. I get the shovel. I said, right up there. It said, $5. Okay. All of a sudden, the guy goes, I'll scan that for you. So he scanned it. He said, $5. So I reached my pocket. Said, no, no, you can't pay me. I'm like, what did you scan it for then? <laughs> Why are we taking time here? I put the five dollars back in my pocket. He said, You gotta go back in there to the register. Okay, so I go back that way. And I asked him where something else. He said, It's back that way. okay. So I go back that way. So you're really leaving the garden department and you're going into the main body of the building, kind of. And so um, I see what I want and I grab that. And of course. Saw something else and I said, mm, okay, I'll get that too. So I grabbed that. So i um, I turn, and the line is longer than two of these pews. Uh-huh. People. I said, well, I know I'm in the right place now. <laughs> so I toddle over there and I get behind this last little young lady. She's probably about in her 30s. And uh, she's got her little cart. And I'm standing there, I'll load it down, and I look, There's nobody behind me. Everybody's in front of me. And that's typical, right? going to be the last one on the line. So I, I said to her, I said, um, I said, well, I see I'm last. She turned around and looked at yeah. <laughs> Thank you for the encouragement. Okay. I go, I gather this is the only register and the only checkout person, right? She goes, yeah, unless you want to go all the way down the other side of the store. And I looked way down there. Don't think I want to do that I'll just stay right here I'll, I'll stick it out tough it out and I can I can do this <laughs> so we're creeping up we're creeping up we're creeping up you know and and um so all of a sudden man came over and joined her at, at her basket so I deduced that that was her husband and I said um, I said, yeah, I left my wife in the car I told her I'd take care of things and I said, look at me last guy on the line I'm really doing great so he laughed you know we had a little joke about it and, and so I <clears throat> told him I said um, I said there is a benefit though to leaving the wife in the car. He kind of perked up and I said, Well, if she was in here she'd buy fifteen other things. <laughs> oh boy. He laughed and said, Yeah, got that. Okay, caught that line drive. Got it. Yeah. So um ah, the line went down and I got up there and I checked out and on my way we went, you know. So there are things I'm trying to say in life that uh, we have to be patient. The Bible didn't talk about the word of my patience. There's things you have to be patient about. Things that, you know, you know how it is when somebody cuts you off and you just want to lay on that horn. But you could get shot eight times. So I suggest you cool it. (laughs) I suggest you draw on your Holy Ghost persona right about then and say, forgive them, Father, they know not what they do. (laughs) And, And we'll just Move along here, quietly and peaceably, right? Didn't it say to live peaceably with all men, such as lieth within you? So I got to get something inside of me here, you know? And I do that because I believe. Because I believe I do. That's why I do the things I do. Because I believe. Because I believe the word of God. Because I believe what it instructs me, teaches me. Romans, it's not enough for me to get repent and get baptized and get full of the Holy Ghost. I've got to live for God. Because I believe, I live for God. I want to live for Him every day. And that means i got to die to my flesh every day. What old Toby said, dead man walking. I've got to be a dead man walking. i got to die to this flesh and be alive to Christ. And we were teaching that long before Mr. Toby came along, let me tell you. But we want to... We want to remember that we're doing what we're doing. We're basing our steps, we're basing our thoughts, we're basing our actions on what we believe from the Word of God. Everybody said amen? amen. You know when, when that lady came in the store and, and you know she had Daisy Duke shorts on and and uh, not much else, and I think she was probably about fifty-five years old, you know, and uh, and just wanting to get a message to me that Jesus loves her, and uh, okay, you know, but there wasn't anything about her that made inspired confidence that she was really believing Jesus' word. Because, you know, if you believe, you do. Jesus said, he that believeth On me is the scripture. The scripture will teach you. Romans to Revelation is there to teach as new works were started and planted, new congregations, in other words. Then the, the apostles, the leadership, were inspired. Holy men of old spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost, even to the point that it became known some places as the tradition of the elders, that you were to consider the prophets and their lifestyle. Conversation means lifestyle in the Bible. Okay? Your style of living So, there's a good change that takes place. A change for the good. When you get the gift of the Holy Ghost. When you get a change of nature. When your mind gets scrubbed real clean. Clean up the inside of the cup, Jesus said. We do that first. Get that all clean inside. He sends forth his spirit into your believing heart. Your mind. Your thoughts, your intellect, your emotions, and then the teaching comes forth. It's like you become this nice new wet cement. You become a new creature in Christ Jesus. We used newness of life, or the new man, new woman, walking in the shoes. We've had a change. Had a change. We don't go the places we used to go. I had a man come here years ago, and we lived in a trailer. That was our first parsonage after Sunday school rooms. We had many Sunday school room parsonages. And no complaints. Happy about it. Wonderful memories. But that was our first out-of-Sunday school parsonage, was a trailer. It was used. We lived in it right behind here. And uh, this man came, and The moment he walked in the trailer, smoking, shaking. And he'd take three or four puffs, put it out, and light another one immediately. Two hours. Two hours I had to listen to him. And when he started to repeat it all over again, I stopped him. I said, okay, wait. To my side, I said, two hours, that's enough. I don't want to go through another two hours. I stopped him. And I said, okay, listen, I have listened to you. I didn't say rant and rave, but nonetheless, that's what it was. And I, I told him, I said, I'm going to tell you some things. And if, um, if you'll listen to what I tell you, believe what I tell you, and then I'm going to pray for you, and God's going to deliver you. And so I did just that. He went on his way, and out came the Febreze, and my wife got rid of all the smoke, and, or whatever it was called then. And uh, one night, maybe a week later, 10 days later, I'm in here praying in the evening time. I just had the sidelights on. all by myself. And I left the door unlocked. I don't know. Maybe I was early for prayer meeting. I don't know. It was many years ago now. And um, all of a sudden, a young woman came in. And she tiptoed in and she saw me praying, walking, and she said, Reverend, I said, yeah. She said, um, I'm so-and-so. I said, okay. She said, my dad came to see you. And she put out her hand, and I put out my hand to shake her hand, and she slipped money into my hand. And I, I pulled up, she said, no, no. She said, I want to give it to the church. I said, well, I don't want anything. She said, well, give it to the church. Put it in the offering. I said, okay, right, I could do that. And she said, he got better. She said, he he got better. And I just wanted to thank you. I guess he believed what I told him. And God honored it. Because I told him, I said, you know, you just got out of jail. And you're in a bar? Not thinking that good things are gonna happen for a guy that just got out of jail and he's in a bar. Mm-hmm. Well, it was, it was an undercover cop and he was fighting with somebody and I was just trying to break it up. <laughs> and he got arrested again. You know? And that's why he came to me. Because life was just spinning out of control. Yeah. But you know, when you get the Holy Ghost, I don't go to places I used to go. I don't do The things I used to do. I don't talk because I don't think and I don't talk like I used to. Because I don't think that way anymore. Life has changed for the good. He cleaned up the inside and He gave me power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come. You see, gave me power so that I, I don't need that anymore. I don't need anymore. I'm delivered. I no longer have that desire anymore. Everybody said praise the Lord. Lord. There's a good change, not just a change, okay? It's not just a change for the sake of change. It's a good change. It's a change for the good. It's an improvement. It's an upgrade. Because I believe. I don't hate anymore. Because I believe, I do cooperate. Because I believe, I do lay hands on the sick. Because I believe, I do read the Bible. Because I believe, I do raise my hands in worship and praise, and adoration to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Because I believe, I do dress a certain way. Because I believe, maybe a little bit because of my nature, I don't grow my hair long anymore. And as a woman, that we have, women that we have, because they believe, they don't cut their hair anymore. All the women said amen? Because we believe. Therefore, we do. We do. We do. We do. We do. Because I believe, I obey. Because I believe, I resist evil spirits that bring rebellion, pride, disobedience, and many other such-like things. You might want to keep that in mind because you pick up on the spirit of a thing, church family, because it's not going to say everything like carnal wants it to say it. It's not going to have words in there about inventions that weren't even yet. But it does say, and such like. And because I believe, I'm in harmony. I'm in rank. I'm in step with what the scripture teaches. Everybody said amen. Everybody said, Praise the Lord. Lord. I remember when we had family come down from New York and they were all getting older. They were about 17, not quite 18 yet. Both boys and girls, cousins, you know, all that kind of stuff. And uh, we, wife and I, were both in the church now. We were brand new. I mean, we had just gotten into church, we had just gotten baptized and just gotten the Holy Ghost. And uh, we met them, and they wanted us. They wanted me in particular. I'll give you a little secret, a little revelation. I'm three years older than my wife. So I was over that 21 place. So, uh, all right, that's all I'm going to give you. Forget it. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. So they appealed to me to go in and buy the liquor. And I said, no, can do. And the pressure started. You know, oh, come on, come on, come on. All that stuff started. I said, no. I said, no. It's like the guy said, well, you know, last week, he would have. I said, yes, but last week, I wasn't baptized in Jesus' name. Last week, I didn't have the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now I'm a believer. Therefore, I do things according to the teaching, according to the book, according to chapter and verse, subject matter. I practice what the church teaches, the body of Christ, the corporate body of Christ. I practice being obedient, not rebellious anymore like I was, not stubborn anymore like I was, not hateful anymore like I was. You know, the angel said, See thou do it not. The angels, he even said, I'm a fellow helper. He said, I'm of thy brethren, the prophets." That's what the angel said. Because I believe, therefore I am obedient, submissive. And I tell you, that devil hates authority. He hates control. He hates people who are in subjection and submission, who are doing it right. He hates it. He fights it every way he can. But because I believe, therefore I do these good things. I do these good things. I do these righteous things. I refrain see thou do it not the angel said I refrain from things that are confusion confusion I had an article in the paper I, I, I think I've got it at home I didn't read the whole thing but I guess there's some law that got passed up in one of the states and a certain group of people aren't happy with it and uh, so they. This guy wrote an article, and he's claiming to be a rabbi. And we call no man rabbi. The book said. But uh, he, in his contrariness, in his confusion, he stated what his orientation is, and he said, "What would Jesus do?" <laughs> I wanted to go to work right then. Oh, yeah, I'd like to tell you what Jesus would do, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Angel said, don't do that. Don't do that. There are some things we're not to do, church family. There are some things that God hates, church family. And consequently, there's some things God loves. And I, I want to learn to do those things that God loves. I tell God all the time, I want to to put a smile on your face. I want to make you a glad and happy father. I don't want you to be upset. Went from being an unbeliever, a blasphemer, a compeller of others to do it wrong, to being the Apostle Paul. Went from unbelief to belief. went from ignorance to knowledgeable. And it wasn't that he didn't have good educations, uh, we'll say biblically, because he did. He, had, he should have had all the credentials lined up, and he did. But they weren't doing him any good. He said, "I realized all that junk I was spouting off about wasn't anything but a big pile of smelly pile of dung. Do do. Nasty. He said, I got rid of all that that I might gain Christ. (laughs) He said, that ain't nothing. I want him. I want to go from the unbelief to the belief. I want to go from being thirsty, unsatisfied, to not being thirsty. What the woman said at the well? She said, give me that water. I don't have to come here and do this anymore. Wouldn't it be nice? You don't have to go a certain places and do certain things anymore? Looking for something that you'll never find there? What well, they tell the angels tell the women, why seek ye the living among the dead? Tracing through a graveyard? I don't know how it is for you in graveyards, but I grieve in graveyards because I feel the, the pain and the burden of people that are in the wrong place with no way out, they missed it, and they rejected it, and they resided in unbelief, and they fought when they could have believed. It would have been so much easier and more rewarding if they would have believed and done. Blessed are they that do that get up off the seat of unbelief, which is do-nothing, Nothing spiritual, nothing positive. You get up off of that. You get out of that. You get away from that. Get away from that spirit. Get away from that attitude. Get away from that pack of wolves. Ravening wolves that tear things apart. That destroy. Oh, they took counsel how they might destroy Jesus. That's what your Bible said. Why do you want to destroy the healer, why do you want to destroy the Savior? Why do you want to destroy the one who's trying to straighten out your life? Trying to put good things in your life. Trying to stabilize you. Why do you want to do that? But that's what they attempted to do. And they did. They did crucify. But in doing that they fulfilled the scriptures, didn't they? Boy, are we glad that he gave his life on that cross. We're glad he showed that kind of tough love, that he bulled his way through all of those evil spirits, that crowd of unbelief, all that hate, that contrariness, that ignorance, those lies he bulled his way through. Were his decisions always popular? Well, I didn't read where it was a popularity contest. Not at all. He didn't say I came to be popular. He said I came to seek and save what's lost. (laughs) And you don't think for a minute the devil wants to lose anybody. Hell in the grave is never satisfied. Mm -hmm. Hell in the grave is never satisfied. We want to believe. Therefore, we do. We do what God wants us to do. We give up the fight. We repent. We throw in the towel of resistance. That's what they do in the ring. The guy's bloody and beaten, his eyes puffed out, and his ears all bent out of shape, and blood running all over the place. And the trainer takes a good look at him. <laughs> throw in the towel. Throw in the towel. Throw in the towel. Fight's over. I remember when I threw in the towel. Oh, I did. I threw in the towel. And I got, I got the Holy Ghost when I did that. When I quit fighting, quit resisting, quit being contrary and argumentative. God baptized me with the Holy Ghost. In fire, Changed my spirit. Changed my attitude. Because I believe, therefore I did and do get the Holy Ghost. Oh, you can get the Holy Ghost over and over again. You get renewed in the Holy Ghost. Disciples weren't too many days, man. They're getting beat and whipped up all over the place, (laughs) getting chased all over town because they were testifying. And when you testify, you're going to pull the hate out of situations. It's going to come your way. You'd go hide under a, a blanket, and if I ignore it, it'll go away. Oh, no, it won't. You can't be a wimp, sissy, mollycoddle, no backbone. You can't be like that. Jesus was no example of that. He stood up in the face of criticisms and Hatred, pride, disobedience, unbelief, he stood up in the face of all of that. As it said, and we read to you right from the beginning this morning, John chapter 7, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried. Loud voice, he just lifted up. Any man! he began to preach to them begging them, if you please, to believe, to stop going in the direction you're going. Stop doing what you're doing. It's been said that God without us is still God. The devil would like to make you believe you're all that. But you, without God, you, you lost. <laughs> you lost. You lost. Mm-hmm. Oh, we need God. We need His truth and we need His teaching. We need His Word. Let's stand together. Blessed are they that do His commandments. I'm going to give you a right going to give you a right to the tree of life and to many, many, many good and wonderful things for all of eternity. You know that guy in hell, he looks up. A man who looked like Omar holding little O. He's right there in the bosom of Abraham. I know that, dude. Boy, he starts pleading, throwing out all kinds of orders, if you please. Tell him to just dip his finger in a little water and come touch the end of my tongue. I'm parched, I'm tormented. Yeah. Didn't want to pray. But all oh, we read about and praying now, mm-hmm. a whole lot of other things you read about that's in hell that we need, prayer being one of them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the people that complain the most, run their mouths the most, the ones that pray the least, maybe they don't pray at all. I had one guy tell me, he said, I pray. I pray when I'm driving my car. Well, good for you. You probably pray while you're driving your car because you're such a terrible driver. The people in the other cars are praying too. Stay out of your way. No, you're going to have to do a little bit better than that. That should be in addition to. You come in here. Well, Miss Cherish, I guess she's downstairs. She's a good cleaner. So is some of these other girls. You can come in here, girls, and you can say, I'm praying while I'm cleaning. That's when I get my praying done. And Straightening pictures and putting Bibles where they belong and different things. Well, you're getting a whole lot of pictures straightened out and a whole lot of Bibles put where they belong. But you ain't getting a whole lot of praying done. You know. A little bit more t- to that praying stuff, getting rid of those distractions. That dude got his mind off of a whole lot of things and had a lot of time to do it now. In that place called hell. I pray thee, send send him back. Tell my family not to come here. Oh, tell them not to come here. Why don't you believe and do? And then you're telling them yourself while you can. While you can. While you have the opportunity. You're not lacking any opportunity. And that's in the Bible. Certain things they didn't do to help the preacher. Talked about lacking opportunity. We're not lacking Whatever you going to do, better do it while you're alive. Some of the different guys in town that work at the funeral homes, I say hello to them and I say, how you doing? I say, oh, I'm still on top of the dirt. I guess, what would you expect in the, as an answer from a funeral director type person, right? <laughs> oh, brother. Everybody said hallelujah. Give God a big hand. Come on. Amen. What are you doing? I'm doing what I believe. That's what I'm doing. I'm doing what I believe and my believing is based on the book. I'm doing what I believe. Love y'all. We're going to say God bless the offering. I've gone a little over time. So we'll get our offering taker up. Help us out. Thank you. God bless the offering in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord.